Start recording, and you know what? We haven't got time to fool around too much before the show. We have lots of show today, so Dan Duran, let's get going. Here we go. This episode sorry, of Humble did you Fred, want, did you want? What? Did you want some more time before we go? <laughs> Just, I was starting, I've got my little script here, and then all of a sudden, uh, my phone went off, and uh, I don't know somehow the uh, no, it's okay. Lost, I lost the script. I just know that we've been sitting around here for like ten minutes. And I thought, hey, you did were you know ready. it was a daylight saving time coming up this week? Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm aware. Are you on it? I'm yeah. all over it. <laughs> I hope it's the last okay. time I do that. Right, by the way, when I say here we go, can we go at that point? <laughs> oh. Is that like action? This episode of Humble and Fred is coming to you live from a basement bedroom in Brampton and the main floor of a lockup in Toronto. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who have lots to share about their sword dinks, back pain, man boobs, prostates, and feet nerve endings. It's humble and friend. Now, all of that is true. Everything he said was true. Except for uh, the basement bedroom in Brampton. Is, it, is that what you said? Yeah. This isn't, isn't a bedroom. What is it called? It's just my rec room. It's your whole rec room? Yeah. Like you're in a corner of the rec room? Yeah. Where your foosball machine used to be? Or? That's just over there. Oh, I thought you were in a separate... Oh, no, I'm looking at my fireplace, my television set, mm. my Beatles oh. poster. Yeah. Well, I'll where's fix the, that. Uh, where's your pool table? Good. My pool table's right there. Yeah. What about the uh, indoor sauna? Where's that? I don't have... I'm not a sauna guy. I wouldn't yeah. have one. Okay. Yeah. Is there dust on your pool table? Uh, When's the last time maybe. you used a pool table? I didn't... It seems uh, like a- before I went away, me and Johnny Slapshot were playing. Do you play uh, snooker or do you play eight ball? Or I, I, I'm oh. not sure I've got that right. What is snooker eight ball? No, no, no. Snooker's reds and uh, red balls and um, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid growing up in Scarborough, when we went to the Kenlinton Pool Hall, we used to call eight ball Boston. We used to call for whatever reason that was. Boston. We used to call it stripes and solids. Did you? Yeah, I think so. But uh, we had a pool table for a while, a short time, because my mom and dad's friends were moving and they left there. It was a full slate table, like really, really nice, oh. like a a good one. And uh, I played a lot of pool on it. Um, never played eight ball, though. We played uh, whatever that other thing is called with... Uh, hmm. <laughs> snooker? I don't know what it's called. With the red balls. With the, the red balls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's snooker. Is it? Um that pool hall I went to as a kid, there was a guy named Ivan who ran it. He was always there. If you went morning, night, he was always there. And you could order sandwiches. And to heat them up, he'd put them in this silver box, I think, that had really hot light bulbs in them. This, this predated uh, <laughs> microwaves. Come on. So you'd, you'd order a sandwich, and Ivan would put it in there, and you'd go back like 12, 13 minutes later to get the warm sandwich. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. And then we heard about these microwave oven things, and that can't be. That's impossible, isn't it? Like one minute to heat up a sandwich can't be. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's my how old parents, I am. Well, no, I, I'm the same age. I, mean, I don't think my parents had a microwave until much later. Really? Eh? Well, because even when we did TV dinners, you didn't microwave them. You, you put them in the, them oven. in the oven. Exactly. 
Which is the preferable way even to this day. It's If you've got the time to heat something in the oven, it's better than the microwave. Yeah, okay. right. mind. Well, I don't know about that. Well, microwaves um, are really, really expensive at first, and our family couldn't. Well, yeah, them. and they were the they were the yeah. size of washing machines. You know, remember the, the early microwaves yeah. were massive. The only my problem with microwaves, even to this day, is if sometimes they're spotty. Like you, you, you're eating and it's hot, and then all of a sudden you hit a cold spot. Oh, it's terrible. It bothers me. It really bothers me. <laughs> I should. Yeah, forget what's going on in Europe. I mean, this is a problem. I can't worry about everyone, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You Fred take care of your. You know what is? It? You take care of your corner of the world. Okay. We're we're, we're we're talking to Tony yesterday about the word getting through to the Russian people because of all the bullshit propaganda they're getting. McDonald's yesterday shut down eight hundred stores. Coca Cola and Pepsi have pulled out. Yeah. Now, now questions are going to be asked. Oh yeah, what's going on? <laughs> That's right. What, when what, McDonald's shuts down, well, what's going and, on? and maybe so. Like yeah, it's, it sounds yeah. like a joke, but you know, if you, it's going to get to a lot of people that maybe this isn't. I, I read earlier he's calling it not an invasion, but he's calling it a security measure or some. Yeah, it's got some name for it that doesn't sound yeah. like an invasion of, or war. Mm-hmm. A special military operation is what it's yes, being called. Yes, 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 yes. And I saw a thing yesterday that, you know, you said yesterday, uh, Howard, uh, whoever it was talking about nothing works in Russia. Yeah. Some of the stuff they've been showing, the bungling by their army is yeah. just crazy. I just saw this morning when you came on, I was watching CNN and they were talking about a, um, a report just that how, how much of the hardware is inoperable. Not not been shot up or dismantled. It's inoperable. That's why they're stuck, you know, on their way in. And that's mm-hmm. anyway. Let's not. Can we? We'll leave. Here's the thing. Okay, we're going to leave the war for uh, a little bit later. We got Ralph Ben Murgy coming up. Dan Duran will be uh, joining us later as well with uh, all yeah. sorts of humble and Fred news and apparently a story about his son Colton, my godson. Uh, I've just been informed there's some Colton news and uh, mm-hmm. Colton and Dan and the dog. They're all moving in here on the uh, on the weekend. On the weekend, yeah. On, it's on gone Friday from night. can I stay at your place Friday night to can I bring Colton and and uh, the dog? <laughs> what I was going to say, Russell. What's the dog's name? Clifford. Cl- Clifford. Yeah, my dad's I name. Just, I, I just forgot your dog's <laughs> name. It's been around for twelve years. I know. I, I literally, for a second, thought yeah. in that sentence, hey, your dog's name is Russell. <laughs> anyway, so you, everyone's coming. Russell, Stan. Yeah. I think I know why. It's a psychological thing. The biggest, the biggest story in sports today is Russell Wilson being traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos. Maybe that you heard that because it's been out there, and you made you think of Russell. Is that a big deal, Clifford? That's oh, huge. Oh, okay, uh, but Not I that we Dan, have to talk about it. But it's a huge trade, yeah, Dan, absolutely. The truth is, I have no idea what he's talking about. Is it changing futures of somebody or something? Or? Well, absolutely. But, Russell but Wilson's it, won listen, a Super man. Bowl. He's been with Seahawks for years. Like it's 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 one of those trades. Like it right up like in all times, schmasheroos. Okay, was it? But I, and, and and you know, I try and keep up with a lot of these things. But I'm that's not why I said Russell. Uh, Dan, <laughs> just, it's not. No, I'm just throwing it out. There. I appreciate. Listen, yeah. appreciate you and um. Appreciate Dan Duran coming here. Ralph Ben Murgy later. Tim Niblett returns to the show. Retirement Sherpa. Uh, thank you, Dan. Yep. 
See you later. Dan's a good man. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Uh, Dan will be there giving us the news. Uh, in the meantime, last couple months, you've heard Fred and I talk about Noom. You've heard of Noom by now, if you are awake in the year 2022. Speaking of which, um, for the last, I, I don't know, I guess I started on the 3rd of January. Uh, I knew I needed to make a few changes. And even before we were signed up with Noom as a, a partner, you know, I knew that I'd kind of let my eating get out of hand. And, and just the simple act in this psychology-based program, the simple act of logging my meals, weighing myself every day, and sort of, you know, doing some reading, but keeping track of what I've been eating, I, I found it amazingly easy. And in the last two and a half-ish months, I've lost 12 pounds. Uh, I started off thinking I wanted to lose seven. I was going to go to 185, and I got to 185, and I found the program easy and simple, and then you started getting into it. And uh, I thought, okay, I can lose five more pounds, and I have, and now I'm on maintenance. But I can tell you, in all the time we've been doing this show together, I have found this the easiest way to get motivated and also keep motivated and lose this weight. You can too at Noom.com slash HF2022. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash HF2022 to sign up for your trial. Yes, um, you hit your goal weight? I did, you yeah. hit your goal weight. Well, I've done it twice now. You hit your goal weight twice? Well, because I wanted weight. to go. I initially was only going to lose seven pounds. I wanted to go from 192 to 185. Okay. And as I right. just stated, I got to 185 and I found the program easy and I kept on going. You're not going to keep on going now. Though. I'm going to go to one. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to just Let's keep just going <laughs> until there's nothing left to me. <laughs> no, I, I'll, you know, know what I did a couple days ago is I went into the app, which is super easy to use, and I just changed my weight loss, my weekly weight loss goal, which prior to that had been at, I think, half a pound a week, and then I just changed it to zero. And so what, what Noom has given me the last few days is the number of calories I need in a day to maintain this weight. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, experience a little bit different. Um and I'll position this from an education standpoint. You learn so much about yourself, your eating habits, how they affect your weight gain. Uh, it's it's so vital to weigh yourself every day. That's one thing I've learned through this. Another thing I've learned, and I think because my weight loss was stalled while in Florida, mm-hmm. I didn't gain anything. I came back about the same weight as I left. So over four weeks, I maintained my weight. And I did so much walking down there. Um, what I think I learned, number one, maybe I drank more beer than I should have, but I'm only talking a couple of a day. But I think, Howard, part of it is the importance of eating enough during a day. Mm-hmm. Like, in the proper intervals, too. There was days I would have breakfast and not eat again until the evening. And not that I necessarily overate, but what I identified through this program is it's important to have your breakfast, maybe a snack, have your lunch, maybe a small snack, then dinner. You want to balance that thing for your metabolism for whatever reason. And I've learned that, <laughs> especially since I've been home, because in a couple of days I've lost over a pound. 
just know, getting back to normal and eating. I the think right the fact that you were, you know, you were in Florida for four weeks and didn't gain any weight is also a win. More that's, than seventy five. My wife said, "Mrs. Sunshine." That's what she said. <laughs> Wait a second. If she's Mrs. Sunshine, are you Mister Sunshine? Absolutely. She must, that must be her maiden name. <laughs> more than 75% of Noom users complete the program. More than 60% of users lose 5% or more of their body weight by 16 weeks. And that's been my experience. And more than 60% of users engaged with the program keep the weight off for a year or more. And now you can be part of this. I, I, again, when this all began... It wasn't like I needed to lose a ton of weight, but I knew I needed to change some habits. And what you just said is part of what I had gotten in the habit of doing, which is eating a lot, but not a lot throughout the day, where now I, I eat the same amount basically as I did before, almost, except I, I'm eating it throughout the day. Start building better habits for a healthier, long-term result. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash HF 2022. That's Noom.com slash HF 2022. All right. Yeah, here we are on uh, March 9th. I fully expect to be at my goal weight by April 1st. Very, very attainable. And uh, what is your goal weight now? What are you, what it's 170, you, and I'm like 174. And what did you start at? You were you weighed, 184. You weighed, yeah, you weighed more when you started than I had. I hadn't seen you in person in a while, so or I mean physically. Yeah, since the beginning, I'm down about 10 pounds. Do you think so you I'm gained about, weight during the pandemic? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but I can't blame that because I'm like a roller coaster. I have been for years. Usually I get into November and I think, whoa, that was a good summer and fall. And then I have to think about it in the new year. Yeah, me too. Which I usually take it off. Yeah, yeah, I was saying that to uh, daughter Charlie last night. I said, you know, when I got to the end of the golf season, I could tell I'd let things kind of slide a little bit. Some of my pants weren't fitting you know, as well as I'd like to. I was, you know, and I, and I, that doesn't take much. I was, like I said, I probably was four or five pounds heavier than I had been at the start of the summer. Let me say this, too, before we move on. Part of the Noom program is the psychological thing, and you have these lessons where you can read or listen to advice and lessons and information. Um, I didn't lose pounds while I was away, but I'll tell you, my golf shorts and my jeans. I gained room in them. So something was going on. Oh, no doubt. The golf shorts that I squeezed to get into in the fall. And when I say that, just, you know, I have to give them a little thing. I was swimming in them by the time I left. No, I know. So So another thing about Noom, it's not necessarily what the scale says all the time either. Uh, well, no, it's education and it's information. Yeah. And, and and for me, as I've said uh, just a minute ago, and I told Charlie last night, like it was account. It's just being accountable. And yes. and I've logged every meal. And, and, and it seems again, I don't want this to sound like it's it's not hard at all. I've gotten so used to it, no. but it's the accountability to yourself and no one else, really. So I weigh myself every morning. I log every meal. I just put in what I... And I had a... You know, I went out for dinner last night. And that's the thing. There's nothing you can't eat. I, I've eaten everything in the last couple of months. I've had beers. I've had burgers. I've had french fries. Last night, I had this brisket um, swimming in gravy with Brussels sprouts and, 
you know, some kind of, uh, we had mashed potatoes. Charlie and I shared some. Like, I had it all, but it was all within my, you know, my count for the day. And uh, I still had calories left over at the end. I was eating popcorn last night. And anyway. as I would say to uh, to those uh, listening to and considering it, you'll be pleasant, pleasantly surprised by what you can eat. Some yeah. of those old traditional thoughts that bread bad or, yep. you know, potatoes bad. Not necessarily the situation. Again, it's part of the education. Uh, no, so there you go. Uh, so Mrs. Sunshine, that would be your, <laughs> that would be your wife. She said, Fred, but look at it this way. You didn't gain any weight. Yeah. Usually when we've gone on trips, you become a big bloated. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the impression. Well, uh, my Mrs. Sunshine was uh, said to me several times that she was very proud of the fact that, you know, I'd been taking a bit more uh, interest in my eating uh, health because you understand, Rachel's always thought that I eat pretty poorly when she's not around. And, and it's true. I have, you know, I have, you know, giant meals of dim sum and Chinese food and best Portuguese chicken and jerk chicken. I, I mean, it's fine. You can have those things, except I was having them for every meal. Right. Yeah. And you can't do that. She's not big on your method of eating either, right? What, that I eat too fast? Eat too fast and get stuff like on your shirt and stuff and uh, on the wall behind you. And- <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she thinks I eat too quickly. In, in, in California, there was an island and, I, and she would sit down like a normal person in a chair. But I, the, the, the other, the, so that was like the eating part of the island and the cooking part of the island was, you know, you sort of were in the, were the stove and all that stuff. And I would sometimes make like lunch and just stand there eating it. And she'd be like, are you not going to sit down? I go, no, what's, what's the point? Why Why sit down? So I would eat standing, which she found annoying. Uh, all right. So Ralph Ben Murray is going to join us shortly. We got a lot to uh, we have a lot to unpack. You know, Fred, we do a lot of unpacking here uh, tomorrow. Another old radio friend will be with us. Some of you Toronto radio people, you maybe listened to the mix back in the mid 2000s. That's when we first met Freeway Frank. And I'm not sure Freeway was a holdover there at the mix from mix from the JJ days when everyone had a nickname. I think so. Actually, it'll be oh, interesting. Was he? Oh, I okay. think I, again. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there was a time when everyone at the mix was Freeway Frank uh, and others that I can't remember. But there was a that bunch is, of them. Yeah, yeah, weird. Like the odd nickname isn't bad, but when the whole station has to one, that's pretty cheesy, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. Hmm. Look where it came from. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. so Frank's going to be on the show tomorrow. And it's interesting how uh, through the the last number of years, you know, I can't remember a a more polarized point in my own history than people have become. And, And whether it was initially, hey, Trump's not such a bad guy. That's sort of the beginning of Mm -hmm. people kind of choosing sides and all the way to the pandemic and anti-maskers. And so Frank is going to come on tomorrow. And according to you, he has a different opinion about the pandemic than we yeah, do. And I guess maybe the best tact is just sit back and say, so Frank, tell us, tell us what it's all about. Because it, he's got a podcast called The Drive-By and it is, it's, you know, the vaccine is stupid and the 
And again, I'm sort of paraphrasing here. He doesn't necessarily believe in the vaccine and masking was wrong and isolation is wrong. Mandates are wrong. The, you know, the convoy was good and you know, all that stuff that I really find exhausting. But uh, we'll hear what he has to say. Maybe he can enlighten us. I don't know. But some of the stuff I've heard in this podcast, it's like, what? <laughs> and traditionally, we haven't invited a lot of right. dissenting view on the show, not because we're afraid of it. It's because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that have dissenting views that we've had on the show, mm-hmm. and there's only been a few, a lot of times we just end up yelling at each other. <laughs> so oh, I know. we've decided as a, as a team, the Fred man, Mr. Sunshine and I have uh-huh. decided that, you know, that's not... The energy we want to create. We actually enjoy having discussions with one another and others that don't lead to screaming. And we're right. not saying and that tomorrow will. No, 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 no. It won't because he, everybody's got an opinion. It's just when when they're just silly, that's when it bothers. Like arguments like, oh, geez, everybody got the vaccine must uh, feel silly now because, uh, look, uh, COVID's pretty much gone. <laughs> no, I know. Look at that. It's pretty much gone. And See, all the vaccines like, uh, must feel stupid. We didn't need all that science. <laughs> it's over now. Yeah. Like, you know, there were 3,000 cases yesterday or so in Canada. 55 people, unfortunately, lost their lives. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the last time I looked, it seemed to me that something like 90 plus percentage of people that are in the hospitals in critical condition are unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. But I think what what our tact will be is, as you said, you know, just have a conversation. I do want to start a little bit with the radio because I don't I don't really remember what Frank was up to before we came along, but he's been around a while. And, and I also am fascinated how he's gone from being a radio guy on a mainstream station to being a podcaster. And, and is this the, did he do this on, is this for, is this how he actually thinks or does he think this is a space he needs to be in or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, all good points. And, uh, we'll find out, uh, all right. Anyway, so that's coming up. Um, we did mention the pandemic. I mentioned it this week. This is sort of the around this time two years ago. I'd come back from uh, a month, a few weeks away. You were away at the time. I had some trouble with my heart, and all of that seems like a long time ago. And, and I saw this article this morning called uh, I don't know thirty five things. It's a, one of those Buzzfeed things. Thirty five things that happened just before the pandemic. And, I, and there's all, you know, stuff like who played the Super Bowl and a, and a few things. But the one thing that stood out for me, do you remember, and I, as soon as I say this, you will, but just what a big buzz this Netflix series, The Tiger King, was? That was, that oh, was yes. just two years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was so much stuff that was going on. The, the pandemic was just starting. We weren't sure. You know, Trump was on TV saying it'll be gone and there's only 15 cases, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. through all of that early panic and toilet paper and, and, and going to the grocery store and, you know, all that cleaning your grocery stuff, we were watching The Tiger King. But did you know what they've done now? They've actually created a series with actors recreating the Tiger King. One of them is Kate McKinnon from uh, Saturday Night Live. What are they doing? 
Say that again. So, so they've created a show, uh, like right. an, a, 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 you know, something a series that's been written, uh, basically about the Tiger King. Or I, I don't mm-hmm. know the the premise exactly, but it stars so like actors. Like a docudrama type thing. I, I'm not sure. It's a, even yeah. if it, even if there's a docu part of that, but it's a drama now. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that we've gone from two years ago. That was what, what everyone was talking about. Right. And now, of course, so many things have happened. But they've turned that Tiger King into a series, into a docu or a dramatic series. Interesting. Yes. Because yeah. uh, I watched that. I enjoyed that. So He's in jail, uh, by the way. He never got out of jail. Yeah. Crazy. You know, I think we've touched on that on the show over the past couple of years, too. If COVID had never happened... Where would we be at, you know, if Trump never had to deal with it, Doug Ford never had to deal with it, Trudeau never had to deal with it, like it was just the regular day-to-day politics and life, you know, as we knew it, where would we be? Because so many things were interrupted, derailed, um, uh, delayed because of COVID. Obviously, there's no answer to that question. We'll never know. But you just <clears throat> you just have to wonder, like even a guy like Doug Ford, like, you know, a conservative. And, you know, you talk about polarization would help. Would he be hated a lot more if he was just a regular conservative uh, premier in the province or, you know, do people like him a little more because of the way he ha- handled it? No, no. And the same with the, uh, Trudeau down and, you know, down right down the line. Would you know housing probably wouldn't be as crazy as it is now because right, that was sort of a fallout and a byproduct. The price of cars on and on, all these things. Well, do you think that? Yeah, I mean that's a. When the, there's a phrase that I heard recently. I've been hearing a lot. That's a thought experiment. That's a great thought yeah. experiment. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I was going to ask you, and I, maybe this is a good question for Ralph. Do you, what? What do you think has made is going to make more of an impact? the pandemic or what's going on in Russia now. Cause I'll tell you my theory, I would have thought, well, the, nothing could disrupt life more than the pandemic, but something you said about McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Pepsi pulling out of the Russian economy. And I saw uh, mm-hmm. something else this morning that showed all the other U S brand names that have pulled out of Russia. And one of the yeah. things I thought, and this is my point about disruption like economically, I think this is going to have a bigger impact than the pandemic. I, I don't know that for sure, but I have a feeling that economically there's going to be a disruption because of this that will rival, if not exceed, what happened during the pandemic. From from what what respect? The, Prices? Because uh, pri- yes. this won't cause shutdowns of, of businesses, maybe. But. No, but it, well, I'll tell you what. You start... Well. Taking okay, so let's just take mm-hmm. the McDonald's example. You okay. sh- you you close down eight hundred, right stores. You know they you know they call it the butterfly effect. It's got to have an effect economically. The people who right. work there, the people who go there, the people who won't be able to buy things. But you've we've already seen. We never saw prices go up like this during the pandemic. Yes, I know because less people were traveling, etc. Right. I'm just saying there's probably a case to be made. That this, whatever they're, the war, the incursion, the invasion, I think it will have a more disruptive effect. I think it's going to affect things. And maybe that's a question for Tim Niblett as well today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you hope it ends quickly, but... And what is that end? That's what bothers me. 
what is the end of this you know uh, Tony yesterday talked about him being deposed or taken out is you know is that I mean that could happen this afternoon it would be great but it probably won't you know we could get that'd be a great story you know the second in command whoever that is or the third general in command walked into a room and put a bullet in Putin's head and it's over but you know you can't bank on that what is the end like how does this play out how many die how many suffer and as you say what effect does it have on us you know and people could say you know they have a lot more to worry about than we do but i'm sorry on some level i'm worried about me i'm worried about my kids and my grandkids i said this yesterday and i think you did too yeah i through this i'm being a bit selfish i don't want this to affect me so if it means it's got to stay in Ukraine, geez, I'm coming clean with you. I, you know, that doesn't bother me a lot. <laughs> well, well, I mean, a lot of people in World War Two in North America had the same. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, that's why, you know, I, I know the Americans love to. Well, they don't love to, but they don't really have a sense. They don't really understand how late to World War Two they really were. But I yeah. mean, part of the reason that Americans were de- delayed going to war is because of what you just said. They, you know, a lot of it just was happening over there. And think about, you know, we're seeing this in real time now, not only from reporters, but people with their mm-hmm. phones. Well, imagine like the only news that, you know, our grandparents got of World War Two was, you know, the odd newspaper article and, you know, a report on the radio, if they had a radio. Mm-hmm. Well, remember that people when they, you know, people, it used to be a weekly thing. People would go to the moving pictures, right? Well, yeah. often they would have a newsreel before the, the That's movie. where you got your news from, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Now well, it's like I mean, it's one of the things that gives me some hope, and I don't know if it's, it's not really a fully formed idea that I have, but I have some hope around the fact that because we're so connected, you know, you you started off by saying that you know they they've closed all these McDonald's, and maybe that will give the actual Russian people the information that they need. But enough, there's enough people within that country that will have access to what's really going on. I'm, I'm hoping that's how this ends is that the people rise up and go, wait a second, we're actually attacking innocent people and killing children. Right. Listen, Russia has computer nerds just like we do. I've thought about that a lot. What you just said there. There's there's young people in, in yeah. Russia that have a way to find out world news. Oh, yeah. Whatever way that may be, we can't even begin to imagine. But there's no way you can totally shut that down nowadays. Well, yeah, and that's sort of my point. In World War II times, you could because there was no information. And, and yeah. you know, and as much as... Yeah, I don't even I don't even know. I'm going to restart that sentence. The German people in 1930s Germany could not have known for the most part what was going on in the, you know, what that led to the 1940s Germany. I'm not saying that as an excuse, but as an expl- explanation, most German citizens had no idea what was going on. The ones that did have an idea mm-hmm. are a whole level of evil, but 
you can sort of excuse 1940s German citizens because what information they were getting was all skewed. I mean, again, look at what Putin has said. Russians face 15 years in prison if they spread fake news reports and call the conflict a war or invasion. But to your point, young people will be tweeting somehow or another that this is what uh, what's really going on. Right. Like so maybe that's how it ends. Entire, is the internet shut down in Russia? Or parts just, of it, yep. Or, yep. Yeah, I, I know. It's uh, it's crazy. But they there are ways. And, and maybe that's, you know, as I said, I don't have a fully formed concept, but maybe that somehow contributes between young human beings and mm-hmm. these oligarchs and the rich, super rich, Russians around the world and including Canada Uh maybe that's how this ends is that they put enough pressure on Putin somebody takes him out young people spread the word because I don't think it ends well for and I watched a lot of it yesterday I had it on all the day Uh, I don't think it I don't see how it ends well for you for the Ukraine and by the way yesterday I said immigrants I meant refugees they're up to two million people two million people Moving about Europe now, mostly women and children. Like when I watched the images yesterday, it was haunting because I I was you think, well, this is what it must have been like, you know, for our parents and grandparents, you know, getting news of the war in World War Two in Europe. And over the next couple of days, apparently, and you can't believe them, the Russians about a ceasefire to allow the safe passage of the remaining people that want out. That's scary from the standpoint. Yeah, two million's a lot, three million, four million's a lot, but a 40 million uh, population. That means over 30 million will remain in that country. And apparently his thought, Putin, is, okay, I'm going to give you this time to get out. How genuine that is, we'll find out. But after that, then just level the country. How many people, how many of that 30 plus million die? And during that adventure, is this when the rest of the world, the Western world becomes involved? Because you won't be able to just stand back and watch hundreds of thousands of people be slaughtered. Because apparently that's what he wants to do. He just wants to go in and level Kiev. By the way, that uh, ceasefire, that's been going on every day at 10 o'clock or so, including today. There's supposed to be a ceasefire. So these corridors of, I don't know what they're called, but, you know, people opening up a corridor for people to safely leave. Again, they've done that a few times where some of the people in that corridor were were killed. Listen, in a couple of those corridors, one was into Russia and one was into Belarus. Into Belarus, right. So I, I think it's an interesting question. How does it end? What's what's the best end for all of this? And and I think quick, qu- quickly, every day, I you know, you hope that, oh, maybe today's the day they finally go, oh, you know what, we're just going to stop this now for whatever reason. And, and but mm-hmm. but if you if you go and look at, by the way, we've been talking about Pepsi, Coke, and McDonald's, but there's quite a list, and and I was sort of impressed by it of the mm-hmm. first world big time corporations saying we will not do business with Russia because believe me, somebody at McDonald's making that decision to shut down 800 stores, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what that money is, but it's a lot, and it affects, and that's why I'm saying there's a butterfly effect to all of this. 
economically for us, I think that's where we're going to start to feel it. Gas was the highest it's ever been in our lifetimes yesterday. In Vancouver, it was two twenty-five or so a liter. Two dollars here in Toronto. I think that's I the effect we're going to have. I, I I rarely remember putting you know over around over eighty dollars in my truck, and yesterday it was one hundred and fourteen. Because when I left, gas was like a buck thirty a month ago. <laughs> well, mine. So it's, it's gone a pretty up bi- 50 cents. Yeah, it's a pretty big engine that, in that car of mine, in the Acura. And uh, it's normally 70 or 80, and it's now 100 and something. Yeah. The uh, uh, truck that I had, uh, the truck that I had, uh, had a Ford Escape in uh, California for the month, and it was, it was 80 or 90 to fill up. Another thing I want to ask Ralph about is this whole uh, Christian russian orthodox movement that's getting support in north america canada as well that uh these whack jobs in north america like 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 the model of life that that putin wants to be uh responsible for in russia and ukraine and, you know, if you heard those stories recently about some Russian athletes that are still allowed to compete wearing the little symbol in support of Putin and what's going on in Ukraine. No, I don't. I don't like understand a, how. It all, it's a, like a, this Z sign. It almost looks like a swastika. 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 From the and, gazpacho. Uh, and it's been ad- ad- identified on some uh, Russian competitors who are, I, I guess. Competing you know, in what? Loyal to the homeland. Uh, gymnastics or something. No, like in what, uh, the Paralympics? No, they were thrown out of that. Something else. Um, okay. A couple of events that were underway and the Russians are allowed to finish out and then uh, going forward, they're not, they're not invited. But okay, it's this symbol that they're wearing. And, uh, and even like, you know, in the southern states, some of the uh, uh, support for what he represents through that religion. It's very interesting. Well, I wasn't going to play this, but I I have it in front of me now, since you brought it up, that there's this weird religious aspect. I'm going to talk, this quickly is a, um, it's a clip from a guy named Nick Fuentes, who is a super right-wing white supremacist. Go ahead. No, and I've seen him retweeted on some places I'd rather not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, during a conservative conference a couple weeks ago, there was another conference that some of the conservative candidates like Marjorie Taylor Greene and such spoke at. But I'm going to play you a clip of and it basically sort of summarizes this weird American sort of religious white supremacist support for the Russians that is I find it mind-blowing again talking to Tony talking to Ralph today we're all around the same age and we grew up in an era of of time where the Russians the Cold War they were always America's enemy I'm not even talking about our enemy they were just America's enemy Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're not anymore in certain parts of that country as you've just brought up is fascinating here's this guy Nick Fuentes just listen to the words he uses the secret, uh, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, our secret sauce here, it's these young white men. (laughs) 
That's what we call the secret ingredient. America and the world has forgotten about them, but not us. You know, they say about America, they say diversity is our strength, you know. And I look at China and I look at Russia. Who Can we give a round of applause for Russia? Can we give a round of applause for Russia? By the way, this ha- didn't happen two years ago. This is 10 days old. So I know. And this is happening in 2022. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then the crowd starts chanting, Putin, Putin, Putin. Yes. And this guy is you know, giving the big fist up and, the, and the mm-hmm. high-fiving Putin. Like, can you... I know I've said, I can't find any other way to imagine. Can you have ever imagined in your lifetime that you would hear somebody say that? No. No, but there's so many. Things. Our secret I mean, sauce about is the Taylor Green and that. Uh, uh, what's her name? Lauren Boebert. You know them screaming during the. Uh, oh, the State of the Union. Yeah. The, you know, blurting that you've killed thirteen. It's like okay, you did. What were they screaming? He was talking about something, and then Afghanistan came up. Yeah, where well, you killed thirteen? They were yelling at the president during his. Yeah. Well, again, um, something you've never seen. You know, any any Democrats ever do? Well, again, it's just inappropriate. The timing's wrong, and you might think that. And again, that's a political thing. I mean, it was the wrong. It just shows how deranged they are, and how yeah. they've infiltrated that party, and how disturbing it all is. You know, and again, you bring up white supremacy being the seed of all this, but it just is. And again, when Frank's on tomorrow, like, you know, by week three of the convoy, I'm sorry. That's all that was left was the Canadian deplorable people. And, and, you know, and and look at the organizers of that thing. Look at their history. Don't try to tell me that's not what it's about. It's about preserving white privilege. Well, as I told you, you know, to to not understand, and we had this conversation when we were away, but to not understand that there is a legitimate... You know, beef that Alberta has, and you can under you can. Right. I mean, we we talked about it, but I also said you remember that Alberta is the was the epicenter of the sort of Aryan nations of Canada, right. and these are all their grandbabies. Uh, mm-hmm. Ralph Ben Murgy standing by. Ralph. We'll continue some of this conversation with Ralph in a second, but first, Freddie, you know, let's not forget that we're doing a program here. And it's brought to us uh, by some very fine people. For instance, the Chambers Plan. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote, find out how your small business can become part of a benefits package that works for all. Yes, the premiums are affordable for small business because all these small businesses together create the image of a big business which keeps premiums down. And as our friend Brett Tanner told us a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, the Chamber Plan has done a great job of keeping premiums down for small business. Uh, They do a great job from top to bottom, uh, whether it's prescriptions, dental, uh, the teledoc system, uh, which is just fantastic. You don't have to leave your home uh, to talk to a doctor. All connected through this. All sorts of therapies, uh, depending on the level you buy into. Really, you need to take the time. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote today. Find out what it's about, what it's going to cost, and... uh, 
what it'll do for your employees. Just morale, if nothing else. Chamberplan.ca. And uh, Ralph Ben Mergy is our Gig Sky guest of the day. There he is. Uh, you know what, Freddie? Even though yeah. I, you were going to do Gig Sky, I'm going to do it as soon as okay. I can find it. Um, Ralph, just hang on while I, uh, you know, fumble around here because I can wasn't I just going say to do it. The plan thing sounds very good. Yeah, it does it's sound good. Because really, people who are in uh, self-employed, uh, they need something like this because you can't get benefits without this kind of stuff. So good for them. No, you know, I it's funny it. you say that because that really is part of the reason. And, and I don't know if you know, you don't know this, but our audience does it. We were actually our little small business of three or four employees. We were actually clients of them of theirs before they were clients of ours. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, you I'm, got your Geek Sky thing going here? I'm getting yes. it. I'm well, <laughs> Ralph is our uh, Geek Sky guest of the day. Geek yeah. Sky, the only worldwide yeah, mobile do data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Uh, download the Geek Sky app today. Enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit geeksky.com for more information. Wildly convenient while you're travel traveling. Uh, affordable data wherever you go. Geeksky.com. Yeah, well, what he just said. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> what would you do without Fred? That's what I wondered. You know, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of screens open here, and there was a bit of a mix-up, but it doesn't matter. Ralph Ben-Mergy, uh, host of Not That Kind of Rabbi, and a, uh, well, he's a complete, not only a friend of the show, but a friend of uh, ours, a friend of mine, a friend of one and all. And uh, what a pleasure to welcome back Ralph Ben Murgy. And uh, so much has happened since last we spoke. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. You know, it seems like, well, first of all, how are you, by the way? Uh, uh, I'm good. I, I actually had COVID last week. You had the COVID finally. I had the COVID finally. My wife wants to kill me because uh, she got it too. Uh, but yeah. yeah. How did you get it? Do you know where you got it? Uh, it might be having taken my grandkids tobogganing. What? Uh, because uh, my son, who didn't show up and said, oh, I think I've just got this cold thing. I get an ear infection every year. I think that's what it is. Anyway, it looked like mm-hmm. probably I got it through them. Uh, but you never know. I mean, one thing I realized. So people vaccinated going into restaurants. That's the way it's been up until now. Right. Now it's changed now. Mm-hmm. But. So what? You, I'm triple vaxxed and I got it. So somebody could be sitting in that restaurant beside me, triple vaxxed, and they have it. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, how long are you infectious? Right. So I was just bothering one of our lovely uh, friends and neighbors uh, who happens to be a doctor. And I never ask him for professional mm-hmm. advice because, you know, somebody finds out you're a doctor. Like, I got this thing on my yeah, elbow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, you know what? can we just take a walk? I don't want to do this. I'm not <laughs> That's right. Can you look right? at this skin tag? Yeah. <laughs> is this a goiter? Yeah. <laughs> is that a goiter? Or did always, I just... by the way, always the f- goiter and goiter lupus. is the best. Always. You know, goiter and lupus are f- go-to comedy diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Goiter worked because I always used to think of the guys at the Blue or Whites, but I <laughs> playing handball, and you couldn't tell the difference between their goiter and their neck and the handball. <laughs> Which one am I going to hit? That's what the, why are you hitting my neck? I thought it was the ball. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, you talked to a doctor, 
Yeah, and he, he, he um, after five days, your your risk of infecting infecting other people is uh, either very small or zero. Okay, uh, which we were. I'm already twelve. 11 days out and we're going to we're going to Ottawa and so it was like oh my god we can't go I mean we're still infectious I mean the kids and the kids never got it my kids never got it so uh, anyway it was an experience it was about three days three and a half four days of really not feeling very good and then it was done Um, but you know you wait it's like two years of am I going to get this am I going to get this so I got it and we'll see you know, so but, just just to be clear here, you said during tobogganing, but then you just said my kids didn't get it. So what was the chain there? Like uh, you got well, it from your grandkids, you think? No, but yeah, I think his son might my, have it. My okay. kids who live with us. Oh, okay. Oh, they, right. Okay. The, the 16 and 12, they didn't get it. But oh, your grandkids. Multiple times. And, I, and one of the grandkids and uh my son uh got it but they're okay. from a different house so okay i get it right yeah. um, and, and and i had been avoiding seeing them forever because mm. there's some issues there with anti-vaxxing uh by one oh. of the members of that household fantastic uh, and yeah, so i finally say yes and mm. of course this is what happens yeah, of course you get the covid uh, no it's yeah. you're, you're right about the anticipation um you know, I, I remember my eldest daughter, who I saw last night for the first time in a couple months. She got old school. She got the the Delta, the Delta, yeah, in November, and she was at that time. I remember having this conversation with Fred. I said, you know, it's like after waiting at that time twenty months. Charlie's the first person, sort of close to us, that got it. But then, of course, Omicron came, and then everyone we knew got it like, right. i really went from almost knowing no one to almost right. knowing no one that hasn't had it now like really yeah. fred you know we're we're sort of rare in our circle that you know every, everyone else in my family's had it you know charlie spencer a lot of their friends a lot of other people i know no that's what i <laughs> i was in florida for a month and i thought boy if i didn't get it in florida after a month <laughs> I'm probably not going to get it, but you never know. You never know, and it's and mm-hmm. it's becoming milder and more more infectious. Uh, right? Ralph's book is called "I Thought He Was Dead." We've spoken to Ralph about that book, uh, and one of the people mentioned in that tome has just passed away. And I thought we could spend a couple minutes. I mentioned it yesterday that I had done some work with Lawrence over, like everyone, over my the course of my comedy life. But very yeah. recently, I've, I had done shows with Lawrence. Lawrence oh, yeah? And Len, oh, yeah, lots. Like, since 2016, I probably, you know, four or five different nights spent doing stand-up with Lawrence and Glenn Foster and some of those guys. Ron Vaudry one night. Ron Vaudry. <laughs> yeah, Ron's really busted up about it, for sure. Oh, man. And But it was just like, one night it was Vaudry, Morgenstern, Foster, and me, and it was like, yuck, yuck, circa 1986. <laughs> but, well, but, okay, do, do you want a good Lawrence story? Well, I was going to say, one thing that has, was universally true of almost all my encounters with Lawrence is they included French fries. <laughs> and I said to Fred, I said, it was like that moment in City Slickers, when Lawrence died, the first thing I thought is, yeah, but he had French fries for every meal. Well, somebody wrote, uh, don't worry about Lawrence, he's up there with God right now going, you're going to be wanting all those Are you going to finish those? Are you going to finish those fries? Ralph, Schmel, <laughs> love you. He, he literally, he worked on uh, my variety show, he's one of the writers, so 
you know, I, I'm having an argument with him about something. He, I don't think it's funny. He thinks it's funny or the other way around. And uh, he literally picked me up like a piece of suitcase, just picked me up sideways and walked around the room with me going, <laughs> Ralph, 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 love you, love Come on. It's a good joke. Come on, Ralph. And, and then he just dropped me and then kept going. <laughs> we were, okay, so Yuck Yucks had a Montreal Yuck Yucks at one point. Yes. Uh, at, on Drummond, uh, at uh, the Masonov and Drummond. Uh, Drummond is no longer called Drummond. Anyway, we had this, Jeff Silverman, who was the business guy at Yuck Yucks, says, uh, guys, uh, I'm renting a van, uh, you, me and Lawrence, I'm renting a van, you're going to drive it to Montreal with the Yuck Yuck sign in it. It's a big, fat sign, right? Uh, and then you're going to drop it off, and I need you to get the van back within 24 hours, or else it'll cost me more money. <laughs> so, of course, we're so stupid, we go, okay. So we drive out there, we drop off the sign, we get two and a half hours sleep, we get back in the van, we're driving back to Toronto. It is the coldest day of the year. Um, we're both high, it's eight in the morning, and we run out of gas on the 401. It's just like, oh, my God, we're out of gas. So I, I don't know what to do. We're in the middle of we're near like Oshawa I'm, or Ajax. We're near Ajax. I'm freaking out. And then we go, you know what? Jim McAleese lives in Ajax. We got to find Jim. But of course, in those days, there was no cell phone. So Lawrence just gets out of the van and runs up the hill and disappears. And I'm left by myself. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? And he just took off. I find out later that he ran to a gas station, phoned Jim. Jim went and got some gas and put it in the van. I was freezing. I, I, <laughs> I had a thin coat. So I'm standing on the 401. And with all the energy I could possibly muster, I was staring into every car going by, going, you must stop. And one of them stops. And I get in. And the guy says, you all right? I'm like, I'm all right. I just, can you get me to a, a bus stop so I can find my way home? And then he, I find out he's an off-duty cop on his way into work. And I'm high. <laughs> and I'm sitting in this car. And I stink of pot, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I go and I collapse in my bed. Lawrence finally goes and gets the van and takes it back. We go back to Yuck Yucks. I go to collect the, I think, $30 that Jeff was going to give me for doing this. And he goes, well, you know, I had to pay for the extra day. Now, Jeff is six foot four, five, maybe. Oh, man. I, I'm five nine. I jumped on him, literally jumped on him and said, if you don't give me the money, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, man. Okay, don't worry. Here's your money. <laughs> and Lawrence walks into the club and I'm like, Lawrence, where the hell did you go? He goes, Ralph, 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 Ralph. Don't worry about it. It's all good. That's Everyone, funny. You know, love you. Love you. Noogie noogie. <laughs> I, I, you know him. I, I mean, again, I, I knew him over the course of my career, but he worked for you. He worked with you. And uh, very young, you know, again, we've been having these conversations lately, like all these people that we know, Saget, 65, Lawrence Morgenstern dies at 62. Yeah. John Duffy, the political strategist, strategy corps, a major guy in politics in, in Ontario and in Canada. Rela any relation to Mike Duffy? Respected. No, you know, hugely respected. He just he just had a heart attack and died. And um, uh, Pakin, uh, Steve Pakin wrote me and just went, he's younger than me. 
Yeah. Right. So we're this is where we're at. Well, now, I know some right? of the work that, where you're I, not I, supposed to, but you could. I kind of wanted to bring it back to some of the work that you do in uh, in your counseling, which is basically a lot of conversations about death. And, you know, we're yeah. not very comfortable, our generation and. A lot of people now, as the daisies, are not uncomfortable talking about death. No. And, of course, as soon as somebody dies, we all do that thing, because I do it. Lawrence was the same age as me. I went, wait a second, you know. uh, Yeah. Or or Saget's the same age as Fred. He's 65. Well, what do you mean? People our age die? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is... We, I, I, I still can't believe we're under this complete illusion. I guess we need it to keep going that we're at, I'm not actually going to die. Right. You, on mm-hmm. the other hand, <laughs> you know, if it happens, it happens. And, you know, if it's a good shiva, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> but me, I'm <laughs> yeah, not supposed to I'll live to forever. Die. Well, and, and we treat it like a, a completely um, avoidable, uh, event that isn't fair, no matter who it is, right? It's just that, that that's not supposed to happen, and yet, you know, it, it's the Dustin Hoffman line for the tombstone. I knew this would happen, right? Yeah. It, that's what it is, right? So weird. Well, I said that to Howard yesterday about Lawrence. It's like 62. That was me three years ago. I'm not ready to go off now. There's still a lot of stuff I want to do, like, I. I uh, yeah. That's that's a that's a short life to be cut off. At the same time, at my age now, and Howard and I have discussed this too. It's you really start thinking about what are the things I want to do or accomplish between now and the magic number of eighty five for the average Canadian male. I, I think about that a lot. Where you know, if it's traveling to Australia, it's like ah, you put it off, you put it off. But it's all of a sudden, it's like wow, I got to think about this because. I might not be physically able to do this in that three was. or four years. You might, you never know when someone's right. going to say you have a debilitating illness or whatever. But it's, you know, and I thought he was dead. I write about it's not a rehearsal, this life. Yeah. It's not like, you know, this is a sort of preamble to the big this show. This is my practice life. All over the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they get to go all over the world and do whatever I want. And it's really not a question of whether or not we do, we just drop everything and do whatever we want. It's really just treating every day the same way as if it really could be the last, like when yeah. God, you know, God love John, John, John Duffy was a great guy for him two two kids. He loved dearly uh, his wife when he was sit, walks out the door that day and says, I'll see you later. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is you're supposed to mean every word of that. I, you know, love you. I'll see you later. Take care. Right. And if you do it like that, uh, there's that old thing, that, you know, the rabbi says, if don't worry, you can repent on the day before you die and everything will be done. Fine. <laughs> and then the student goes, well, how am I supposed to know what day that is? And he says, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. So repent now. Don't wait. Uh, forgive now. Don't wait. Uh, live now. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Right. Because otherwise it's just I mean, even this idea that uh, 65 is too young, you know, 100 years ago, you would have been laughed out of the room for saying that. 100 yeah. years ago, 60, you'd be the oldest guy yeah. in the room. In the room. Yeah. Wow. But speaking of 100 years ago, I want to get to a couple things because I, I, you're, you're in about 10 minutes time. We have to say goodbye. And there's two things I want to discuss. One to wrap the death thing up is our do you think our parents, grandparents generation was more comfortable with the idea of death because it was 
it was more common to have your grandparents in your home with you and they and you would watch yeah. them die not maybe literally but they were around as they aged yeah it's interesting because multi-generational homes don't exist anymore yes right uh, if you i was looking at this thing about uh, housing and in vancouver there's a a major co- a co-op movement at this point right so there's this woman who's getting older and it lives alone but she can afford it's half the rent of market rent right and, and a good place to live but she's getting older but she now has people around her to take care of her she feels like she's in a community and there's this other guy who's a, a grandfather and his three kids all live in the same complex and have their own kids so they actually all live together so that's an interesting idea of, about that but I do think that the Judeo-Christian way of death uh, is not as healthy as other traditions are about dying and death you know we, we just want to be dead we don't want to be dying. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to suffer because we know we don't really have to. If, you know, with enough morphine, you don't even know you're here, right? right? And, and then you're gone. So I, I think that as long as we treat it as the worst thing that could ever happen to somebody, um, it doesn't have the honor and the dignity to it. It's it's just this should not have happened. Mm. It is an injustice, right? And as long as it's an injustice as opposed to a, a passage like a passage into adolescence and and adulthood, a passage into marriage and family, whatever it is, this is a passage. And we don't have a spiritual context to move into being, like Thich Nhat Hanh just died, the Buddhist uh, monk, 91 years old, and he said, uh, when people will say, I am gone, um, walk through the forest, listen to the trees, I am there. Hmm. You know, the wind in in your face, I am there. Because even if you look at it as physics, energy never dies, and we just keep flowing through different forms of energy as, as life itself goes on, not our life. Yeah, okay. What is that age? Just to go back a bit, 65, now you say that's too young. Somebody would have laughed about that years ago. You know, if a guy lives to 85 now, it's, I oh, had a good life. If he dies at 65, it's like, oh, that's too soon. What is the, where's the tipping point where you go from that's too young to, yeah, it's okay. I can understand Yeah, but it's that. not physical. It's not yeah. like 85 is a great life and 65 isn't. You could have had, been a, yeah. had a really great life and died at 65. Mm-hmm. But you could be ill for 20 years, right. 65 to 85, and, and, your family is all moved away and your friends are dying anyway like people think it's about a marathon you're supposed to run to the furthest point possible it isn't it's the day right Mm -hmm. i want to just i want to get out of uh, this stage of aging and this part of the conversation and bring up the idea you know our parents our grandparents went through world wars one and two and here we are you know, seeing these images and hearing these reports, and it's haunting. It's uh, it's got this. I said to Fred earlier, you know, that watching the coverage yesterday and, and the the refugees, and it sort of brings you into the mind of what life would have been like had you know television and the internet been around in the 1940s. So my question to you is: Are we able? Are we fit for this? Our generation, because our parents, you know, stoically endured it. Can we? Well, what's interesting to me is once you put war into the white European um, 
geography, we all go, this is intolerable. This is horrible. Syria just is still in the middle of a civil war where hundreds of thousands of people have been blown up and killed and murdered. Mm -hmm. And well, they're not us. You know, literally, they put a collage together of journalists on the scene saying this is shocking because this is a civilized country. Well, you know, the people who lived in Damascus uh, who were killed uh, were civilized people. Mm -hmm. Right. Some of them now live amongst us. Uh, If there's a war in Africa, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. It's a black life. It's not a white life. And I think that we can't keep pretending that's not what we're doing here. We're all of a sudden, and they keep talking about this being the first war in Europe since World War II. What were the Balkan, Serbia and and Croatia? That was a war, like a real war. People were killed. The Bosnians were killed, right? So if life is cheaper when it's not somebody we can think, oh, they look like us, or they live amongst us as white people and we're white people, Mm -hmm. then... I think we really have to take a look at how we're reacting to it, even though we should be reacting. We should have been reacting to, to this for anything that has happened as a, as a major aggression. Russia was a major player in Syria. America went and blew up three quarters of Iraq and nobody said anything. Yeah. 450,000 people died. Yeah. Looking and for weapons of anything. mass destruction. And I think it's interesting, too. You know, we talk about the, the media talking about all oh, the gay. We can't do business with the Russians you know, because of their atrocious. But what about the atrocious history of you know, the United States and and Canada and Canada? I'm, I'm right now I'm reading Unreconciled, Jesse Wente's book. Uh, you know, I mean, her. Our high and mightiness about how we've treated uh, Aboriginal people is is disgraceful. I mean, it, it has been a concerted effort to wipe them out, to kill yeah. the Indian in the person. And by the day, we're in that position now as Canadians, right? Like we can't point fingers anywhere. No, exactly. Yeah. Just look inward, and the more information we get, how horrific that is. I know. I, I it's humbling. Uh, yeah, yeah. If nothing else. Well, I said that too, Freddie. Uh, you know, Ralph, that uh, we've lost our innocence through this convoy, through the uh, reconciliation, etc. We don't have. We can no longer. I, I, I know that for most of the Trump presidency and and most of the pandemic, I had this sort of feeling of superiority. Like, well, at least we're not them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pat King, one of the guys who organized that thing. Here's one of his quotes. Um, the white uh, nation is the superior bloodline in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we'll all be speaking Hebrew one day. That's yeah, nice. the guy who was well, in charge of the convoy. But it was, hey, it was a legitimate convoy about mask mandates. No, it was a a, a, a hitchhiker's guide to, you know, <laughs> to white crazy, supremacy. To white supremacy, of exactly. Course. That's what, you know, we've talked about that. It's like, and I hate it when somebody uses the race card to shut down debate or, but I look at this from every angle. That's exactly what it was about. By week three of that, that's, that's all it was. That's just all it was. Yelling out of their, out of their yeah. trucks at women, calling them whores. They yeah. Were, yeah. They were intimidating people and screaming in their faces when their children were standing there. This is, I'm sorry, but we're, who are we? At a certain point, we have to stand and go, you know what? Mm-hmm. It, it, this, 
is already in our city. Look, Pierre Polyever walking around shaking their hands and saying, you know, I, I hear you. Well, well yeah. Pete, mm-hmm. we hear you, too. You know, and you're running for the leadership and have a serious chance of getting it. And those people talk. Oh, it was bouncy cant- uh, ca- uh, bouncy castles, and they were fe- <laughs> and they were feeding the hungry. Bullshit. They were also taking flammables through the street and using kids as human shields. Yeah. yeah what about yeah. that? Or the people that own condos and pay taxes, and that's their city. Who be- who became prisoners? What about them? Yeah. Well, well I, I just I, didn't I, care about them. You know, there's two things. Obviously, I can't remember if we uh, if you were on. At some point, Ralph, when I said, isn't, isn't it interesting how no matter what the issue, there's always room for some anti-Semitism? You know, my joke, my, my joke was, you know, yeah, all these people going, you know, uh, uh, down with the uh, mask mandates, dot, 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 and Jews. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're looking around going, what? What? We're not, I didn't do anything. And Ralph, well, we, we were going to ask you about that, too. You know, the support for Putin, even now in the United States with the evangelicals and stuff that that's that's i mean that's the basis of all that too right the, well, to maintain you know white privilege and yeah. white supremacy i mean that's that's what it's all about well it's it's, it, it's the fact that that it, that privilege is 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 evaporating that the yes. social contract is broken that the white guy in ohio who was just minding his own business and going to work every day uh, uh, isn't going to get what he was told he's going to get. He's not mm-hmm. going to get the, the nice house and the kids in, in, in university and all the rest. He doesn't even realize that non-unionized work is one of the major reasons he no longer has a job. But it, it's about losing a so-called way of life. In other words, a point of privilege is to other people's lives must be squashed beneath you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every time we go shopping, uh, for new clothes for $8 t-shirts, it, somebody was chained to a table somewhere. And we have to take responsibility. Like, we're, I shop at Value Village. Why? Because what the hell? Do I really need to keep buying new stuff when the planet's crying right in front of me? No, I can go buy a, a, this shirt that I'm wearing, which is perfectly nice, right? It's, it's, right? You know what? It's, it's very nice. You're it's looking... It's a thing. It's, it's a like nice... A LeMay. Um, it's like a gold thing. Yeah, you know, the, back to the idea that, this, again, whether it's the evangelicals supporting Putin, the, I, I, there's so many things you thought you'd never see. Uh, yeah. uh, American political party cheering for the leader of the Russian, you know, uh, invasion of Ukraine. It's just bizarre to me. But so it, it, oligarchs, they call them all oligarchs. But what do we call Steve Bezos? We don't call him. An yeah, oligarch. exactly. So you know? all of this by way of saying, and I, and I said earlier in the show, maybe I could ask you this question because we were wondering, you know, what is, I mean, again, not just your your opinion as a, uh, you know, as a commentator, but also someone that's worked in politics and Ralph does work with different parties, the Green Party. Um, so what's your thought as to best case scenario? How does this end? How do we get out of this gracefully? How does this or is this is this who we are now? Are we people at war for the next foreseeable future you mean in terms of russia in terms of what's going on there exactly is there a is there a way out of this how does it end uh well it's interesting because you're dealing with someone who has already lost in a certain way uh 
some of the better commentators that I read uh, are, are talking about, regardless of whether or not he actually gets to occupy Ukraine at this point and get what he wanted, he has been diminished as a major force in world politics by this entire piece. That before this, there was always the potential of Putin, that Putin will take over the world. And now, if it wasn't for the Chinese, he'd be completely out of business right now. And he's lost like 56 cities in Russia. They had protests, right? His own his soldiers are going on video and saying, we were told that this was a completely different thing. You know, Russian kids are phoning home after being uh, imprisoned uh, as prisoners of war, crying to their mothers that they had no idea. He's lost on the PR side right. everything. And the oligarchs don't like their yachts being taken away, except they've also socked away enough money not to worry about it. But I mm-hmm. think that he's diminished his his potential, which he lived on for years. I mean, this is a man who got on a horse with no shirt on, who played hockey so that he could score and they would just get out of the way of the puck. His, he is a narcissist and as Trump is. Kind of, I was going to say, it reminds me of, doesn't it remind you a little mm-hmm. bit of, if, what if it's like, Trump, what if Trump, Trump is was jealous Russian? of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Trump is jealous because he mm-hmm. thought, this guy, this guy gets it done. Yeah. I mean, somebody's in his way. He, shoot, he kills a journalist in a, in a stairwell. This guy gets it done, mm-hmm. right? But that's where we're at right now as, as a global uh, uh, politic is the authoritarian is on the rise because we have an existential fear of our future. Mm-hmm. We know the climate crisis is real, but we're paralyzed as what to do. We know that the future is bleak, but we don't know. We don't want to admit it. So mm-hmm. once you get into that, you'll get into desperate answers to desperate measures, right? Well, listen, my friend, yeah, uh, it won't yeah. be the uh, last time we chat. Ralph Ben Mergy, the host of uh, Not That Kind of Rabbi, and uh, his book, I Thought He Was Dead, is still available. People are reading it. And uh, and I think you should, too. I think every citizen should be <laughs> required reading for citizens around this country and the world. And uh, uh, RalphBenMergy.ca, if anybody wants to find out what's going on. All right. Me. Well, listen, my friend, thanks again. And uh, I hope you're feeling better. You have no lingering symptoms. No, I'm good. I'm good. Back in the South. All right. So it was just a flu. All this, uh, these vaccines and everything <laughs> weren't right. necessary, right? It was. No, he had a hat. No, we're good. <laughs> 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 Ralph, guys. Okay. See you, All right, Ralph. See good you talking later. to you. There he is, Ralph Ben Murgy. You know, checking in. We'll be talking to him every uh, so often, as we do with this uh, sweet, shiny gentleman. It's been a couple weeks since we had a chance to speak to uh, the retirement Sherpa. Last week, I think he was on the road. I'm not sure if he's back or not. Well, we're about to find out. Any second now. Any second now. For for his sake, I hope not. Is that sunshine? I'll tell you. It's oh, I, you know, he's. I think he's back in uh, in his office in Burlington. Is that where you are? No, sir. We're in Florida still. Off oh. to um, Universal and Disney with the grandkid next week for a couple of days. Nice, oh, fantastic. I love the background. Tim Niblett is here. He's a retirement Sherpa. Has been, you know. As long as I can remember. Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca is how you get a hold of him. Well, first of all, uh, we missed you last week. We were still uh, away. And, and for some reason, I thought you were driving somewhere. 
Yeah, last uh, last time around we were going down to Fort Myers to uh, visit with some pals, some clients, and uh, play some lousy euchre and uh, have some fun. So uh, it's not around the corner from where we are, so two and a half hours each way. So the timing just didn't work out quite right. Well, lots happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we just got off with uh, Ralph Ben Mergy. They're talking about the world at war and a lot of volatility. And this is a great conversation to have. What is What are times like these like in terms of investing? Well, they're kind of crazy, right? I mean, I, I say sometimes that... Uh the market's always a combination. I mean, I borrow the line from others, but it's it's part emotion and part logic, right? Over the long-term, logic wins. Uh, is a company profitable or not? Are they growing or not? Do they have a good niche or not? Uh, but over the short term, as we've seen on a daily basis, sometimes hourly basis, uh, emotion can be a pretty big part of things. And certainly times like this, uh, it definitely is. I mean, you've got two, three, four percent changes in a day of companies. They didn't really change that much in reality but they change that much emotionally uh, mcdonald's shutting down 800 stores in in um in russia when they make that decision they got to think of everything their stock price what it means to the overall company everything that's a pretty big decision and a and pretty unselfish is it not in a situation like that well, I guess it depends on your semantics. It's the right thing to do, so maybe it is selfish in doing it to some degree. Um, I think companies that uh, don't limit their interaction there or, or stop it completely mm-hmm. are probably going to lose to the rest of the world, right, that they right. deal with and invest in and, and expect profits from. So, obviously, I don't know their uh, motivations. I'm sure they were good ones, but I, I think... They're kind of in a rock and a hard place too, Fred. You know, if they don't do anything, you know, Visa, MasterCard, Amex as well, uh, they probably have more negative repercussions than they do by doing something. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it was a great, it was, it's a great gesture. But as I said to uh, Fred, there's mm-hmm. a list and McDonald's yeah. and Coke and Pepsi are just one of dozens, soon to be hundreds of big blue chip companies. But back to people's nervousness and uncertainty around markets in general but right now with covid and the russian and the year-to-date inflation gas prices i mean as cold as it sounds sometimes these are the times to buy i mean are we at the bottom it's hard to know but is this is this a good time to think about investing yeah, it'll be uh, 30 years for me as of June, and more than once I've also said, you know, we're closer to the bottom than the top, I think, right now, right? So, uh, of course, we don't know if we're at the bottom or not, but but we definitely aren't at the top. Uh, you know, fund managers, uh, you know, we believe in active management. If you have the right players, so to speak, on your team, uh, they can really take uh, advantage of a lot of these pricing anomalies, right? So if you think of it logically, uh, let's say McDonald's has gone down, uh, just as an example. I don't know if it has or not. Uh, that could turn it into a good long-term buy just because of the cir- the circumstances, the, the situations, right? So uh, there's arguably, you know, Howard, a lot more opportunity in craziness than there is in normalcy. In, in chaos, exactly. Does, does Wharf fit into that? Because I know there's certain pressures. I mean, uh, the stock markets are cyclical and they go up and down uh, because of you know all kinds of pressure but war pressure is that different or is it just another 
thing along the way? I don't know if it's different, um, but it's uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, markets don't like uncertainty. Markets are made up of people and people don't like uncertainty. So, uh, you know, if if you're trying to do the gold this or the the oil that or or cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. or uh, crypto, uh, sorry, cybersecurity kind of as a play on war, Boy, that that's hard to, to time and hard to get right because the news could be different tomorrow. I think it's right. today we're seeing the European markets summer up as much as three or four percent. It's just it's hard to calibrate, right? You buy quality companies, you diversify properly, and uh, just be patient. That works. It's worked forever. Well, that's Sherpa style investing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask, and- is that what <laughs> Sherpa style investing is? You know, it's it's the, you know, mm-hmm. buy good companies, hold them through, you know, volatile times and maybe take advantage of. Uh, I love what you said about, you know, it's hard to know what the bottom is, but we know this isn't the top. So there might be something to be said about looking and having another conversation with someone like you about buying opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, actually, Sherpa style investing is what I'm trying to uh, get people to think of as my mimicking, like what endowment funds do, like the Yale Endowment Fund, uh, pension plans do, Canada Pension Plan, that sort of thing. So those are investments we use that are outside of the market for clients that are, are kind of the ballast for things that minimize the fluctuations, but in a profitable uh, way for the, the hockey fans, I say we want to score goals on defense, not just prevent them. Mm-hmm. So we, we find when we have a proper amount of that for each of the clients, uh, it certainly minimizes sticker shock, you know, from statement to statement and in a profitable way. Mm-hmm. I like that. Maybe you could help us uh, score some goals. Um, like the really good ones are, are when you've when the other team has the uh, man advantage and you're shorthanded and still can score a goal. That's what we're that's called about. catching the wave. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Tim Nibble at RaymondJames.ca, the retirement Sherpa. Thank you very much for your calming energy and your your wisdom. How's the uh, how's the golf game these days? Uh, depends on the day. Certainly got some new tailor-made uh, clubs, some oh, did you? irons, which are absolutely awesome. I know it's the Indian, not the Arrow, of course, but uh, yeah, they, they just feel real good and, and uh, nice, nice crunch on them. When you talk the shorthanded thing, I used to live in Edmonton during the, the early glory days of the Oilers. And I used to think the other team should just decline if the Oilers got a penalty, right? right. Because <laughs> that brought out Curry and Coffee mm-hmm. and Gretzky and Anderson, and mm-hmm. the Oilers right. seem to score more shorthanded goals yeah. than the other team. They don't have yet. that option in hockey, but I understand that in those days. Like, no, 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 we want, we don't want the penalty. We'll stay full, stay full, uh, full I strength. Know, I can only fantasize what it would be like to have a team like that as the home side. Yeah, it must have been something. Huh? It must have been. It was amazing. I had tickets to every single playoff game the last year. They'd lost to the Islanders, but they beat the hated Mm -hmm. Flames along the way. And Dave Semenko scored the first goal one game. So the the roof came off the then Northlands Coliseum. And, oh, it was just electric. Well, I lived in – I've told you this story, Timmy, but I lived in Calgary. And so did Dan Duran in those early days of the 80s and I remember talking to Flames fan about Gretzky they said oh yeah he's overrated I'm like do you overrated he scored 212 points last year I used to say that to Flames fans do you know what you're seeing here uh, anyway tim.nibbleraymondjames.ca you're a good man thank you my friend all the best to you and yours and uh, safe travels 
My pleasure is always great to hear you guys had such an awesome uh, vacay there. Yeah, yeah we something else, man. Fantastic. I, I thought of you a couple times. I'm like, oh, I get this now. Mm-hmm. I get this not being what? cold in February part. I sent a Tim a picture of me wearing my Sherpa golf shirt on the course in Florida. Looking stylish. Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I, I would tell Snappy. you this now only because I was so it was it was such an unusual thing to happen. But we can discuss it at another point. But I uh, I played around last week. I think it was a week ago today or Thursday, where I hit eighteen greens and regulations. Eighteen, eighteen out of eight. I've never done that in my life. Eighteen. It was crazy. That is awesome. One of the, the pros did that the other day, and they commented on how incredibly rare that was. It's so it was rare. The and Canadian it, kid, I think, Svensson. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's, I, in fact, it was so rare. I played when it was around that meant nothing, but I guarantee you, on the third shot to the last hole, par five, I was a little bit nervous. I was like, because I knew I had one more chance to do this, and I got a little excited, and uh, it was kind of cool. That's not even human, Howard. No, right. Uh, thanks, Timmy. <laughs> Enjoy and profit all. Tim See you, Tim. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Like, it's like, oh. I just, I like, that's just amazing. All 18. Like. No, no, it's cool. Oh, wow. And uh, I just think in all those par fours, your second shot, you put it on the green. So I did two things that day. One I've never done, which was hit all 18 greens regulation. The other thing I did, I've only ever done it a couple of times, is I made no bogeys. Um, and then the third thing I did that I ha- I don't do very often is I shot in the 60s. So I shot uh, mm-hmm. 69 that day. Yes, I know. It's everyone's favorite number. He- Howard. Yeah. And uh, this may be a stupid question. What's tougher Hitting a green in regulation on a par four or a par five, depending on what your second and no, the shot same. would be, huh? But it, 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 and it's not same. a. I mean, it, I'm not. Neither is tougher. It's you know, okay. on a par five you have three shots to get it on the green, on a par four you have two, and a par three you have one. Hmm. It's not tougher or less tougher. All right, um, all right. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, doing it 18 times is mm-hmm. very very rare uh dandaran's news coming up here in a minute um have you talked about bodog yet no i'm about to would you do that for us yes uh, whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan a poker or a casino player bodog your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds world-class sports book and feature rich uh, poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And of course, you can wager on all the major North American sports, European soccer, on and on. And don't forget, March Madness coming up. That should be fun as well. Oh, this is the place to go. Uh, I haven't talked about GoDaddy yet, have I? I don't think I did. Don't think so. This program is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. We had a great conversation yesterday uh, with an entrepreneur who uses GoDaddy like the other 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy's where you go to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. And that's what that interview was all about yesterday. Go check it out. There's no better time than now to get your ideas going. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it all to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, 
They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free. I mean, come on. No credit cards required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, Fred, it's time for, uh, you know, this Now, here's to event. a fella named Anduran, <laughs> a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. <laughs> Anderan, the Anchorman comes to ask for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Danderan, the Anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Oh, he's got a big wang, but he don't care. And now time for uh, Humble and Fred News, brought to you by Canna Cabana. 70% off unbeatable prices each and every day. The highest THC for less, CannaCabana.com. And now, uh, live from Lakeside, here's Dan Duran. On the day after Iran launched a second military satellite into orbit, huh? And the Ruskies have pulled the plug on the power going to the Chernobyl power plant, which is, of course, a nuclear facility. Let's talk about human Alexas fighting Alexa. There are over 130,000 Alexas in the U.S. alone, of which 80,000 are under 18 years old, and a bunch of them have started a Rename Alexa movement. It's, uh, they, they apparently, a lot of Alexas can't go anywhere without activating Alexa. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I think, like, Fred, I'm, are you saying Lexus and Alexa? Alexa. You know, it's like, hey, hey you're, you know, the... They're, they're Google. It's your assistant no, no. at Amazon. There's only, there's only 130,000 Alexas out there? Yeah, that's Human Alexas you... in the U.S., yeah. What does that mean, human Alexa? <laughs> I'm sorry. I yeah, must I, be stupid. I'm lost. Well. I'm lost. What are you what saying? Is, really? I've lost you both. Yeah, completely. Yes. <laughs> so humans that are yes. named Alexa. Oh, okay. So there's 130,000 130, <laughs> Alexas. I thought it was a story about the car Lexus, and I'm thinking there's got to be more than 130,000 Lexuses. Okay, and there's more than 130,000 like Alexa units. Exactly. Right. So I thought, did he mean okay. 130 million? <laughs> So Wait. what is the so what is the story? And Dan, oh, start again. Down now. Let's so start again. Start again. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hold on okay. a second. Oh, now, here's to a fella named Not the whole thing. And now, Lakeside, Canna Cabana, Canna Cabana. Now that we know you're talking about humans named Alexa, yeah. what is the point? What's the story? Let's well, start Which again. Is what I started out with, human Alexas. Well, no, I know, but we, when you say human Alexas, yeah, we barely. Why? Why wouldn't you say people named Alexa? I, I, because uh, the the name of the website that they started is Human Alexa. Oh, oh great. Oh, but, org. Yeah, but somewhere I, guess in this, I figured yeah. it out. I, I, I didn't think it was a problem. You know what okay, it is? It's so. not your, Dan. Dan, it's not your yeah. fault. <laughs> It's not your fault. It's our fault. We're stupid. Yeah, it's two things. We're stupid. People are stupid. Yeah, it's spe- no, especially us. Something's wrong. Okay, with we're me. stupid. Yeah. Second thing is, it's one of those stories that makes sense when you read it. Right. But when you say it out loud, because human Alexas and Alexa... Are, they're so close, and we got confused. <laughs> Clearly, okay. right. neither of us... Yes, we're 127 years old. But so I guess if you put yourself in the position of an Alexa, <laughs> which my voice right now may be kicking off some device somewhere. Sure it is. Um, 
So if if you're in their position, uh, all of a sudden, since the advent of this device, there's daily jokes that they get all the time about their name. You're saying the human Alexas do. Yes. Yes. And they go places right. and, you know, like give out their name and then, you know. Uh, and then people go, oh, hey, Alexa, hey, what's the weather? Yeah. Hey, Alexa, yeah. what's my balance? Hey, Alexa, play Spotify. Or even if they give their name, like uh, there was one story of a lady went into a store. They asked her her name. They uh, and as soon as she, the music stopped playing in the store, mm-hmm. because they picked up the uh, the so hey Alexa all of thing, that right? to say, human Alexas have risen up, uh-huh. <laughs> and now well, there's yeah. a story about them. And let's be honest, people named Google are going through the same thing. Oh, are they? Yeah. What about Jeeves? Want you? Uh, <laughs> hey, Jeeves. <laughs> Isn't there one called like Cortana or something? Cortana or Siri? Oh, and there's Siri, know. of course. But, <laughs> but what about people that? named if Siri? Said, if you'd have said human Alexa, just uh, in case you don't know what that is, a human Alexa is a person named Alexa. Right. Then we would have. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it now. I just didn't. It didn't occur to me. Well, no, no. I, 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 but, you know, remember, we're stupid. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, that story is a great story. It's just a, <laughs> it is. It, it's a fantastic story. And look what it's yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> and look what it's done. It's crazy. You know, the thing is, it, it is interesting that that device has become known as Alexa or Siri. You know, it was never there was never any danger of them being called Howard or maybe Fred. Fred's one of those names. That I can see a device being called a Fred. Yeah. But uh well, their point was that they that the, that was kind of unethical of them to choose that name. They should have chosen a name uh, that either reflects their company or the like Amazon. Or so the human Alexas are upset. Yeah, so they you know it's like it puts puts an Alexa's life into. I mean, you can change the name, but people don't, right? You can change the trigger word or whatever they call that oh, word. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if an Alexa had an Alexa, the Alexa device would have the name. Well, especially because what Fred. if their friends or family are trying to talk to them at their home? Everything they say to them is a command right. for the device. Yeah. Yeah. Alexa, can you get me a coffee? What? I, 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 <laughs> well, you know what? That's why, like on my phone, I have to. I know so many Dan's. Like I know about five Dan's. I have to sort of nickname you on my. Uh, on my on phone. Oh, I can yeah. only imagine what his nickname is on your phone. What's my mm-hmm. nickname? No, well, I have to call him Dan Durand specifically. Right. My son, Danny, I, I, he's Reginald because I used to call him that as a kid. It's a long story. But I have to do that because if I'm in the car and I want to phone one of these Dans, you have to be nicknamed on some level. So, mm. yeah, but that's yeah. what I have to do. So or, is there anything else about the... It, it, it won't understand, no matter how many times I say Delise, so I have to nickname her as well. It, won't, it will not accept... And what's it. her nickname? Mrs. Sunshine? No, My Sweet Darling. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, My Sweet Darling. Are you just, <laughs> oh, you're just so good. <laughs> Everything is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there... <laughs> Is there hey. anything else about human Alexas we need to know? No, that's pretty much. I think. Don't you have to go? No, didn't you say you have to I go? Do, I do have to okay, go. Well, off but, go. You know, like I haven't got time for the second story. Oh, you have you a second story? Okay. No, no, I'm not going to do the second story. No time okay. for that. No. Oh, okay, I wanted fine. to quickly uh, apologize to Dan Duran before we went. This is over a month ago. And we were talking about the license plate stickers. You claimed that it was going to go back to 220. And I said, I read differently. 
you're you're right and i can i can't figure it out i read the latest thing everybody's getting a refund back to 2020 for whatever reason but that you were correct when i questioned you i was wrong Mm. i mean it's good news to come from this bad news for me having to apologize it's good news Uh, it's good news yeah Yeah. and it ties into the election in the fall or the spring rather i guess yeah absolutely imagine that election ploy imagine that imagine Mm -hmm. any politicians doing something (laughs) only conservatives do that right yeah yeah yeah. oh Oh, that's right about isn't that's what about isn't right there you can't argue with that i can't stand white about it of course you can't because of your white christian background How dare you? (laughs) Don't you have to go? I thought you had to go. You said to me, I've got to go. I got two things for you, though, before I go. Okay, Okay. I haven't got time for the extra now. Okay, That's fine. We're going to do our own extra today. Just a quick note that uh, uh, if you missed the Letter Kenny episode on International Women's Day yesterday, which we didn't mention, by the way. um, Yeah, we did. It's about an anti-beauty pageant, did we? Yeah, we mentioned. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so that episode uh, is it's on Crave. Check it out. It's a it's pretty awesome, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, And then the other thing I wanted to mention is a really old guy moment for me. My son asked me to use the car on Friday, Mm -hmm. Um, and I asked him, "Well, what do you need it for?" He says, "Well, I'm going to go to a concert with my friends, which is awesome." I said, "Well, where's it at?" He said, "Scotiabank Center." Scotiabank. Oh, well, that's the first big concert. That he's ever gone to, like, you know, a stadium or an arena concert. He's never been to one of those. So I thought, that is very cool. Your first big, you know, so like, what's going to fill Scotiabank? You know, I don't know. Like, he listens to a lot of rap and stuff. So I thought, you know, it's going to be Drake or somebody that I've heard of before. But he said, okay, it's, and I asked, well, who is it? And he said, Tyler, the creator. Oh, yeah, Tyler. Love Tyler. I've never heard of Tyler, the creator before. I've listened to a lot of different styles of music, but not not much in the rap world. And, and I thought, Tyler, the creator, like, he has enough people following him to fill a, a yeah. arena? Yeah. Sounds like a wrestler. Mm. He's, well, yeah. I'll tell you what, we sound like three guys, guys. Two, <laughs> 220 fucking years old. Yeah, I've never heard of him either, Dan. You're not alone. Uh, I've only heard of him because of my daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that been a name around, you know, sort of around like Weekend and Drake and all these different artists that come out of uh, this time. And Tyler, the creator, is one of them. Here's a little Tyler music right now. And by the way, is this Friday coming up that your son yeah. needs the car? Yeah. And that he's going to go to the Scotiabank Center and then stay over at my house? That's the idea, yeah. What? Are we finished with the pandemic? Is that what I'm... So he's going to go and be around 14,000 people and then bring the virus into the Queensway. Okay, so we haven't talked about this yet. We, it's, uh, I haven't really... Uh, uh, I didn't even think of that aspect of it, actually. Oh, didn't so. you? All right, well, I'll have to yeah, run we'll it by about it. my Mrs. Sunshine and see what she says. Right, okay. And if it's not, well, then we'll work something out. Well, we'll work something out. Yeah. Okay, and work something out. All right. I got to go. I got go to go to Toronto. Have a good time on your way into the city. Dan, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Really, I really apologize for questioning that story. Well, at least now that you know I'm right once in a while. No, I know you are. Yeah. Oh, he's right, right all, all the time, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Bye, Dan. Do my research. Give it. When it comes, I'm going to get like a check for like 480 bucks or something. I'll take it. Well, I'm not going to get any money because I didn't pay it for two years. You no, I know, but you won't have to either, which is amazing. But I'm so I, yeah, I won't. So that's I'm one of those people that was like, I'm not going to service Ontario. The virus mm-hmm. is there. Wink, wink. We, yeah, well, you you know, you can order your 
uh, stickers online. Yeah, I don't want to get the virus online though. Yeah, it's too much. So now really, I, I, I thought it was just those that have paid, you know, after they had made this decision, but it goes right back. And again, I, I read it again and I'm thinking, why? Why are they doing this? And then, as Dan says, it's probably stroke people yeah, up to the next election. Um, so when I go and renew my sticker, I just don't I don't have to pay back sticker. OK, no, good. you won't. Apparently not. All no. right. You'll just get your new sticker. When it comes to keeping track of our health, many people are wearing uh, devices. Mm-hmm. I was with my eldest last night, as I mentioned, and she has a device on her finger. It's a ring. It's like um, one of those. It's a fitness tracking device that she wears as a ring. So clearly, this is a, uh, a space, as they say, that is uh, you know becoming more and more. Uh, part of everyday life, which is monitoring your health. And uh, what we wear is something called the health gauge. A lot of Humble and Fred listeners have taken advantage of this. Hopefully you did. Uh, the promo code that is now in effect again is HumbleFredHG. And that gets you 15% off at checkout. And this will, you know, I'm, by now you probably know that the health gauge watches are keeping track of so many things. Obviously, your sleep. That's what I do every day. Had a great sleep last night. Heart rate, pulse wave velocity, activity levels, and so much more. You know, it's time that we've been talking about, you know, men and women in their 60s passing away. Just saying like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. And that's the last thing you say. Well, you might want to have a, a better idea what's going on with your blood pressure and your heart rate and such. Healthgauge.com and the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off at checkout. You know, that whole uh, concept or aspect of putting off, when Ralph was on, I mentioned that uh, more and more that plays on my mind. Yeah, And again, it's that whole tipping point thing. There was a not that long ago in my life it was yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that but to really start thinking about now when are you going to do that and i know you know we're supposed to live into our 80s but again how much of that is healthy and you know trying to work out that time frame but what you just mentioned there even you know too much salt what you're eating what's your weight like as you get older because you don't want to put too much weight on your on your frame right or yeah or keep abusing it. At some point, you've got to decide as you're older that you've you got to make some changes or you're just you're asking for trouble and not necessarily death, just feeling like shit, not being able to walk properly. I saw so much of that in Florida. People I knew that were in their 60s around my age, just laboring with their walking in there. Well, sometimes your feet hurt, you know, you know like I said yesterday, I me and the beaver. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we take a lot for granted, mm-hmm. you know, health-wise. You know, I didn't do as much walking as you, but we did some walking in our neighborhood. It was fascinating. There was this, you know, mountain right behind us and a desert trail. And it's pretty cool how they, they, they actually put water fountains scattered mm-hmm. throughout the area. So if you're, you know, because it's the Harsh. desert. You know, you've yes. heard of the desert. Right. Um, but one, one of the things that Ralph said, that we have this fantasy about how long we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. And if we go sooner than that, we feel like we've got, there's some injustice. Right. But, you know, this Morgenstern guy we're talking about, like, he wasn't healthy. I mean, I didn't, we, I mean, I made the joke mm-hmm. about the French fries, but, you know, Lawrence wasn't a healthy guy. He had a heart attack 
or of some kind of heart attack four or five years ago from what I was told. And then, you know, didn't make him like I said, didn't what, like you just didn't said, learn his lesson, didn't make any real changes mm-hmm. and then died. And that's what happens. You know, I mean, we all have to face our own mortality. But as far as getting things done before you die, like I know there's a there's going to be a, a bunch of those things I won't be doing. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I am I don't know if I need to go to Australia. Do I do I need to go there? Well, I no one needs to no, go. No, I meant like, uh, is that a bucket list item for me? I'm I'm, I'm saying that hmm. rhetorically because oh, personally, I don't know that I do. I've never been to Greece. I'll tell you the truth. I, I'm, I'm probably going to want to see that before I go uh, other around the entire planet to go to Australia. Right. Australia is a big investment. It's just one of those things all my life. I've thought, yeah, one day I'm going to go and check out Australia and maybe go over to New Zealand. Yeah, I'm going to do that. But as each year goes by, it's like, well, I haven't done that yet. And again, it's not something I have to do. It's just something I've right. always thought about doing and assumed that I would do. But it gets really to the po- to the point where it's like, wow, I better think about that in the next five years or I might not physically be able to do it. Like when I'm at a golf course and I, I love, as you know, to walk a golf course to be in the position. And I know there's guys at 65, 66. They wouldn't even dream of walking an 18 hole golf course. Mm hmm. They just couldn't do it. I know people like that. They, they, it, what? I can't walk 18 holes. That just terrifies me to think that one day I'd be in a position where, no, you know what? I'd love to walk the course, but I can't. Uh, I don't know. A lot of stuff goes through your mind as you. you well, know. when I say, uh, do I, you know, no one needs to go anywhere. I guess what I, what I sort of wonder is when I say, like, I need to, to go and see a few things again you know going to see the Colosseum in Rome I, I probably want to go and do that because I like Italy now pricey. I've been there once pardon me mm-hmm. pricey but to get into the Colosseum oh, yeah 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 they want quite a bit of euro to get in there but do it it's worth it <laughs> okay mm-hmm. I mean everything is pricey going to I got a, a, a text this in the middle of the night from my uh, Rachel's brother who's in Australia right now Mm-hmm. He's got a friend oh. that lives there and he mm-hmm. spends, he's going there for a couple of months, which is great. And that's what I thought about Australia. I'm like, do I, re- am I going to have to go there at some point? Like, I don't have this, I'm not compelled mm-hmm. to do it. Plus, the mm-hmm. other thing is there's some places I've been that I would love to see again. One of them, and I know it sounds hokey, but I'd love to go to Hawaii again. I loved it there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the most, yes, maybe not as exotic as going halfway around the world, but I really like it there. And, you know, do you take one of the trips that you can take and, and go there? Or, you know, you only have so many. I only have so many that I could afford. And then mm-hmm. also physically, what could you see yourself doing? You know? No, exactly. Um, yeah, Delise would like to go to. My sweet darling would love to go to uh, Hawaii. And again, that's not huge for me. Um, at the top of my list right now, and I hope to do it this summer, really, the top of my list for travel. Let me guess Newfoundland. Newfoundland, Newfoundland, yeah, got to do it. I just fascinated. Pretty pricey. Speaking of which, oh, I know, I know. Christ, it costs more to fly there than it does to Australia. I think it's totally in a whack. Not, not. It's, it costs more to fly there than it costs to go to Europe. That's for sure. No, I know, I know that. Yeah, I was being facetious. Don't worry, I know. Mm-hmm. Doing one of your comedy bits. Um. All right. Well, there we go. I think that's enough. 
Um, thanks very much to Tim Niblett, Ralph Ben Mergy, always a great guest. Dan Duran, of course, he has to go. He's got a uh, session, a voiceover session. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can do this. Humble and Fred brought to you by Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Go Daddy, Chamber Plan, Bodog, Gig Sky. Hang on, speaking of which, don't go away. Cursing during your commute again? Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right, there we go. Health Gauge, Bodog, Noom, GoDaddy, Chamber Plan, Gig Sky, Canna Cabana. I think that got a retirement Sherpa, of course. Chirps. Mm-hmm. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.